I enjoy going out and riding the bike. That's why I was just going out on a Sunday night after dinner, short ride. We failed uh, to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. I'm a man! I'm 40! And to make presumptions like you all make, really, really upsets me. It, it really does. I mean, it's so unfair. You don't need to write about that. There's so many more good things that you can write about happening around here that people would be interested in. I'd love to see somebody do a little bit of research and figure it out. It really do my heart good. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Saturday Podcast Hot Spicy Turkey Edition. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We are closing in on the end of the season. We always know that because this is the weekend where there are just games galore on Friday and Saturday. Lots of big rivalry games, including the Apple Cup, the Iron Bowl. Don't let anybody tell you the Iron Bowl doesn't mean anything. And uh, lots of stuff still up in the air in a lot of these conferences in terms of division winners. And, And then we go into conference winners and who might be playing in the college football playoff. Lots to get into today that is for sure nick what is the game you are most looking forward to this i weekend? first have a question do you cook a spicy turkey i don't so what i do i brine my turkey like my turkey's been brining for the last 24 hours so it'll brine about mm, about 48 hours or so 40 50 hours uh and then i smoke it so it becomes the most awesome bird on the face of the planet i also make a prime rib uh with a Thyme and rosemary and garlic and salt crust. That sounds a lot. That sounds like the prime rib we make for Christmas and New Year's. We do that too, and that sounds very familiar to what <clears throat> to what we use. Now we just. I'm not cooking the turkey this year because I'm not. I'm not in Kansas City, so I. I will f- refrain from commenting on not cooking the turkey. I'll just leave it like that. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know we we I do a big spread. We we get about. It depends on the year, you know. 15 to 20 people. Uh, Frank Schwab, the uh, editor over at Shutdown Corner, him and his family come rolling up here just for the free food and the free booze. So it's a it's a good old time. They come up here for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, yeah, it's a blast. You know, everybody uh, drinks a lot of wine and drinks a lot of beer and eats a lot of food. And then we play cards against humanity. And it's a... It's a it's we epic. had a highly competitive game of Grams last night. Bananagrams, huh? Well, there yeah, it's, All right. it's to the point where we have to look up words in the dictionary. That's how competitive it gets. Wow. So that's like that's like words with friends before words with friends was words with friends. We sort of, but then there, you know, there's no boards. You can make your own words and yeah, right. All that. You're you're not be, you're not uh, behoven to the board or to the double extra point spaces or anything right. like it's, that. Right. Every every person for themselves. Yeah, oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, we we have a game called Times Up that's a lot of acting out, and um, it's like a charades type game. It's really fun, and it goes in like three levels. So the first level you can talk, the second level uh, you can only say one word, and then the third level you can't say anything at all. But it's all the same cards through every single level, so you just have to remember. It's really fun, and it's kind of ridiculous. Interesting. So I think it's from Australia. It's an Australian game. Don't ask me how Trust I found it. Trust Australians to have weird games. 
that's true. <laughs> you can definitely trust Australians to have weird games. All right, Nick, what game are you most looking forward to watching? You know, this honestly, weekend? I think I'm going to go off the radar a little bit and say Western Michigan Toledo because is this the signature "quote unquote" win that Western Michigan um, is looking for slash needing? I, I it baffles me that there's still there's it baffles me that there's such a discrepancy between Western Michigan and the college football playoff committee because I and we, sorry between the committee and the AP poll because it seems to me that everybody else is pretty much in the same general vicinity and you've got a Western Michigan team that's number fourteen in the AP poll and they're still hovering in that bottom five range of the top twenty five in the college football playoff which I, it helps them if they end up being the only team to you know it, that in that ranking set of rankings the only team that wins their conference outside the power five but where it gets right. Where they get in trouble here is even if they beat Toledo convincingly, but then you go out and have Wyoming lose to New Mexico on Saturday, put Boise State in the driver's seat, Western Michigan's going to get screwed, and unrightfully so. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and we talked about this last week. You know, Western Michigan cannot prevent who it plays. Or, you know, it, it just has to play with who it you know, plays. And it's not its fault that it doesn't have better competition, but... The fact that it's beaten Big Ten teams, the fact that it's beaten every team on the schedule, I mean, we all know it's hard to go undefeated. It, it, it is. It, it's absolutely difficult to do so, and it doesn't matter what level of football you're in. Uh, I, I think it's hard to stay mentally that sharp every week. And, you know, in Western Michigan, and you saw, even with the, the drama of game day um, coming into town last week, you saw Western Michigan was kind of had the – you know, kind of got sucked into the fame and stuff early on in that game against Buffalo and then kind of turned it back on and, and realized, wait, we're Western Michigan, we're really good, um, you know, and, and got it together. But, but you know, the distractions, the the undefeated season, there, there's a lot of pressure around them. You know, rumors about P.J. Fleck leaving. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going around uh, this program that they've had to contend with that a Boise State necessarily no, hasn't. And, and also, so, too, with Boise State, yeah. we talk about how what win against Toledo could help Western Michigan, but at the same time, you look at Boise State, and you know, Boise State's playing a pretty good Air Force team, 8-3. and three. And mm-hmm. so you look at this and say, well, Boise wins convincingly too, and Wyoming loses. Western Michigan really is, I think, is Wyoming's biggest fan. If you're a Western Michigan fan, you, I think you're morally obligated to stay up um, and watch that Wyoming-New Mexico game on Saturday night and cheer your heart out for the Cowboys. And um, you know, go from there because once once Wyoming is in, once Wyoming is in the Mountain West title game and plays San Diego State again, y'all Western Michigan can breathe easy, relatively easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it still has to play Ohio, and the uh, it still needs to break, win its. If you, you know, weren't game. thrilled by that nine three Ohio Akron game, oh, I don't know what to tell <laughs> What a you. brutal game! That was the antithesis of action. Anybody who was sitting there wanting, oh, Maction is amazing. Oh, all these high-scoring games. Nope, you were not and that was getting the one, that. And that was, Sorry. of course, the one Maction game that was on cable TV last night. I think the other yep. ones were just on ESPN3 uh, because of basketball. And it, by far, the worst one is oh, yeah, brutal. Oh, just awful. Well, and, you know, you look at that, and so the Apple Cup's going to be good. This is a weekend, I think. I think this is a weekend that six weeks ago, we're saying, damn, let's get ready. And now, as we're four days away, we're kind of like, eh, yeah. whatever. 
It, yeah, it's just not. It, and yeah, some of the that the Iron Bowl has lost some of its steam, but it's still the Iron Bowl. People still care. Um, you know, Florida, Florida State. Eh, I mean, it's still interesting, but it doesn't have the same ramifications as it has had in the past. I mean, Washington, Washington State used to be that game where we're like, meh, and now it's like, well, this will decide the North. And then you have uh, Colorado and Utah playing, and oh, that'll decide the South. You know, it, it's kind of, you know, the the games, it's like, it's like we're in a bizarre world, right? Like the games that normally wouldn't matter to us are the ones that matter now, and the games that normally would matter are the ones that don't matter. And if we want to go a step further with the bizarre world here, I outlined this in our video for our bowl projections for this week. I sadistically, I don't think it's going to happen by any stretch of the imagination, but I sadistically want to see Big Ten chaos. And do you want to know how Big Ten chaos happens? Uh, Ohio State wins. Okay, Ohio State beats Michigan, but it involves it involves more of the Nebraska? it involves more of the West than it does the East. I was gonna say, in Minnesota okay, wins. Okay, if Iowa beats Nebraska and Minnesota beats Wisconsin, we have a four-way tie atop the Western Division at six and three with Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. So okay. we've got four teams with three conference losses. Wisconsin wins that tiebreaker because they have the best record. They have a two-and-one record, and then they win the head-to-head tiebreaker. I believe it's with Nebraska. They end up winning the head-to-head tiebreaker after you break it down um, to be to win the Western Division. So we're looking at a Western Division champion with three losses. Ohio State wins. This is it. Works either way with either a Michigan win or an Ohio State win, and it may actually work better with a Michigan win. So whoever comes out of the Big Ten East, whether it's Penn State or it's Michigan, they lose in the Big Ten title game to a three-loss team from the West. That would mean, if it's Penn State, Penn State then has three losses, and you're looking at a team that potentially, the two best teams record-wise in the Big Ten in Michigan and Ohio State, did not make their conference championship games. How does the committee value that? Or, to go a step further, Michigan is the one that loses to a three-loss team in the playoff. Ohio State will have two losses. Michigan will have had two losses and lost in the championship game. Penn State will have had two losses and didn't make the championship game. What the hell happens to the Big Ten? Yeah. Ooh, there's lots of intrigue in the See, and that's the thing. It's a very fun hypotheticalist. And, you know... It looks crazy to think about, given that the Big Ten has these three teams in the top five right now, or top six in the playoff rankings, top five in the AP pool. But it's you know it's not that much of a stretch to see Minnesota beating Wisconsin. Minnesota is a sneaky good team, even though they have lost to the top teams in the West that they've played in Nebraska and Iowa. Um, it's not a stretch to see Iowa beating Nebraska. That game always seems to be close. Um, so you look at this and say, okay, that's not too crazy. And, you know, what's the line on Michigan-Ohio State? It's like six or seven, isn't it? Uh, so, you know, yeah. that's gonna, we all know that's going to be a pretty close game. It's, this is something that, again, I don't think happens because it needs a lot of things to fall right. But, you know, it's not that far-fetched to see the Big Ten getting dropped out of the playoff entirely. But at the same time, who jumps in in that spot? Colorado. The committee loves themselves <laughs> from Colorado. They do love Colorado. It's unbelievable how much they love Colorado, which, 
You know, it's just such a weird story because, you know, five five conference wins in five years, and all of a sudden Colorado is the number nine team in the country. Yeah. It's, all right. Welcome to <laughs> Been last. Last in its division every single year. Welcome to Bizarro World. <laughs> I mean, every single year of the Pac-12, been last in its division, and all of a sudden it's number nine. One year, and it's number nine, and Mike McIntyre is the hottest coach. Mike McIntyre goes from nearly being fired – to uh, the hottest coach who might be the new LSU coach. So, hey, why not? Why not have some craziness happen in the Big Ten? It just kind of is par for the course of this season. It right. really you know, is. And, and I was kind of also surprised, I guess my one surprise with the rankings is the fact that USC stayed behind Louisville. Based off of the crush I thought I thought yeah. the committee had on USC after, last, after the win over Washington, I wondered if... I wonder just how far Louisville would fall, and I think it was interest. It was telling slash interesting that Louisville stayed ahead of USC in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but it stayed that way, and it stayed that way in the AP poll right. too. But at the same time, we um, know with Western Michigan and other teams, the AP poll and the committee sometimes they feel like they're watching two different games. Yeah, definitely. Well, and and less, like we've we've talked about in the past, you know, the AP poll still goes off this this theory that we don't restart. We we go from where the team was ranked last week and we adjust. Whereas the the college football playoff scraps whatever rankings you're looking at right at this moment and uh, starts totally fresh with a with a blank slate. And you know, the only thing that's constant there apparently is Alabama. <laughs> that's the only thing that's been constant out of this whole thing. Is is Alabama is always well. And Wetzel, uh, our, our compadres Wetzel and Forty talked about this on their podcast this week. Um, I think it's what eight or nine straight years now that the Iron Bowl has featured either a team ranked number one or number two, and only yep. one of those times it's been Auburn. But still, <laughs> you know, you look at this and say, <laughs> "All right, this is crazy." And uh, the Iron Bowl, I think the Iron Bowl is a lot more intriguing. If Sean White is healthy, because I the Auburn defense yeah. we saw we've seen the Auburn defense all year long. It is it is one of the best defenses in the country, but which with a, without a fully functioning Sean White and God forbid Jeremy Johnson or John Franklin at third back there, do you have <laughs> you know there's no you don't give the Auburn offense a chance to put up ten points. I mean I could I seriously could see this game. I think Auburn covers the sixteen and a half or the seventeen. But I could see this game being similar to the LSU game in the fact that Alabama's offense does enough to win because the defense is going to have a very easy time um, limiting the Auburn offense, especially if Cameron Petway is not 100% and, and going down the line because you know Auburn's passing attack, we know, no matter who's the quarterback, I don't think it's, I think it's safe to say it's not going to be fully functional. And then that really puts the pressure on the run game to really get creative and you have to be super creative to run on this Alabama front well and on the flip side of that if if the offense isn't able to do anything and the Alabama offense is continually on the field that's eventually going to wear down that, that Auburn defense that uh, yeah that Auburn defense it is very good it's a very good Auburn defense but even the best defenses can't stay on the field for you know 80 percent of the game um, you know, they need some help from their offenses, and, and I'm like you, uh, I don't I don't know where that help is going to actually this is, come from. This is, a, this is a game where I think you look at Auburn and say, look, you slow the help. You slow it down. You yeah. do not run hurry up. You may want to run some tempo at times, but you don't run a lot of tempo. 
No, absolutely not. That that would just be totally detrimental to any any chance of winning that game, and and those and the, that chance is already pretty pretty slim as it is. Um, you know, I, I'm like most people. I want the Iron Bowl to be good. It makes college football more fun. I mean. We, we all remember when we were there for the kick six. I mean, and even this week, people are replaying, you know, different variations of the kick six, you know, different calls of it and stuff, because it will always be an important part of college football lore, and, you know, it's something that's an important part of this game. Uh, I, I, you know, so I want that game to be good. I don't necessarily want it to be like LSU Alabama was a couple weeks ago. That was kind of brutal to watch. Hey, they're of. making SEC I mean, football great again. Oh God! I mean, it, it was it was a little hard to watch because you felt like it was going to be like a three to nothing game, and, and we were just going to call it, and it was kind of anticlimactic. Um, yeah, there was a touchdown. You know, Jalen Hurts kind of you know he was bad, and then he was good. He was bad for three quarters, and then he was good for a quarter, and they only needed him to be good for a quarter. So, you know, it all worked out. But um, you know, there's a lot of good games um, this week that that. Uh, you know, like we said, don't mean as much. You know, Houston-Memphis probably was a really great game um, at week one. Uh, not so great Six now. Six combined losses. Um, right. You know, uh, Baylor-Texas Tech was probably an awesome game week one, but, you know, not great now. I, You know, and you can go on and on and on down the line, and it's just, you know, you know there's also some other intrigue, um, you know, in the ACC. North Carolina and Virginia Tech. I know Virginia Tech had to come from behind to to beat Notre Dame. You know, do you think Virginia is much better than Notre or than Notre Dame is? I don't. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Not really. Yeah. yeah mm. You think Virginia is better than Notre Dame? I think they're about I the do same. I say, I I was trying my hemming and hawing was trying to find find a better team there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're about the same. So is Virginia Tech? I know this game's at home, but you know we've seen them lose already and is <laughs> quite honestly are they gonna stumble against virginia and give north carolina uh you know a chance at the acc title there's there there's intrigue you have to dig you have to dig for your intrigue but there is definitely intrigue uh you know there's intrigue in the coastal there's there's no more intrigue in the atlantic thanks clemson thanks clemson um you know but you know we saw virginia tech get basically run out of the building literally literally against gt two weeks ago so you know i don't know that virginia has the ability to beat vt but hey it's been a weird season it's, it's been, been a weird, a really season. weird season and you know i and you look at this too this is also setting up for the acc's and other symbolist for this or sim, symbol i want to say symbolist and that makes no sense whatsoever um the conference championship games aren't lining up to be too good. Um, we're looking at the Big Ten being a competitive championship game, and what conference championship game would you put number two behind the Big Ten right now, as it stands? Oh, you don't think Clemson, Virginia Tech's going to be very good? We're talking about a Virginia Tech, a Virginia Tech team that <laughs> that I just said was probably going to lose right. to Virginia. Yeah, that Virginia Tech team. <laughs> hence my hence um, my hesitation you know, on that. Uh, you know, it's it's been weird. This has been a weird year where one, you know, you see it in the you see it in the SEC all the time where one side, one division is better, significantly better than the other. Um, but you don't usually see it across all conferences. Right. The the imbalance and, is striking. We are. I I, I like the, uh, you know the AAC is going to be fun to watch. 
I'll give him. I'll, I'll say that. The Pac-12, uh, I think, is going to have a good then, like you said, uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still don't. I mean, I like Colorado. I still just don't know what to make of them. And Colorado against Washington or the nightmares, will be the interesting. The nightmare scenario, I think, for the Pac-12 is Washington State beating Washington on Friday. And then Washington State, Colorado is a rematch, and the, and the Cougars win at this time. Yeah. Because, see, here's the thing. This is where it gets really fun. If that happens in the Pac-12, and they, we have the Big Ten scenario we lined up, you and I may make the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a rough go because, yeah, Colorado, I mean, I was making kind of a joke about it, but Colorado might be the most logical team to jump in there if if doomsday scenarios happen. And, yeah, if Colorado loses to Washington State, because that game was, was at home, uh, you know, and there was a lot of energy behind it, and really uh, Washington State was winning at halftime. Colorado didn't look all that great. Because um, Washington, State, you know, but, Washington State will host the Pac-12 title game, right? Because they will have had the right. better conference record. Right, the winner right. of the, so the winner so, of this game Friday, the winner of the Apple Cup, will host the Pac-12 championship game. Yes, and so Washington against Colorado is fine because both those teams are valued Feels highly like a flashback by the in 1991. <laughs> Yeah, this is a weird. It is a weird deal. Um, like I said, up is down, down is up. You know, dogs and cats living together. Uh, it, it is. Uh, Huskies and Buffaloes could be, and you know, we know we know Chris Pete's not going anywhere, but that could be Mike McIntyre's. What a uh, can I go back to this? Mike McIntyre <laughs> goes from basically, if you don't make a bowl game this year, you are going to be looking for employment. To hey, maybe you should coach LSU, or maybe you should coach Florida State if Jimbo goes to LSU. Things are fickle. I think these things. The uh, just it's it's a crazy deal. Well, Les Miles is still um, probably employed at LSU if that touchdown counts. Yeah, I mean, and same way, and Gus Malzahn is the one who's right, out of a job. Exactly. So yeah, I, I just it's it's a weird deal. And and if you're okay, so let, if you're Mike McIntyre, you've spent five years finally getting this program to where you want. Finally getting the players you want, finally getting the fancy facilities that you, you want, and you're again. winning games. Do you leave to go do it again? And if you're leaving to Florida State, you're not doing it again. If you're leaving to LSU, you're not really kind of doing it again. I mean, obviously the facilities, the recruiting, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. The, in terms of you're not going to have Leonard Fournette. You need to go find yourself a quarterback. You know, you need to find yourself a quarterback and a good line and, a, and you know, somehow maintain that defense. So you need to, you know, hire yourself a – why aren't they considering Dave Randa there? Like, is he not a head coach? Is he not Is he not uh, head coach material? Uh, do they know something is, we don't? Uh, I, I mean, I'm just – I think that's just a, that's just me asking. I, uh, is, is Randa not, not, uh, not head coach? Right. Is he not head coaching material? Or is he, you know, because he's been a proven defensive coordinator now at two major programs. And also, too, how much, how much credit do you give to Ed Orgeron for the uh, lack of Leonard Fournette? That's true. And he's not playing again this weekend against Texas no, no A&M. No Leonard Fournette so, Thursday think. No Thanksgiving so, this uh, Or, yeah, the, yeah, Thursday. So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, but we've all kind of gotten used to it, and Leonard Fournette, you know, for all those people last year, like, he should sit out this year, he should sit out, and everyone's like, hey, never sit out, he's a competitor, and now we're kind of looking back and going, ooh, he should have sat out, probably should have sat out, (laughs) 
you know, he won't get hurt. It'll be fine. Yeah, he probably should have sat out. Sucks for you, man. Um, but, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, not everybody's like uh, Charles Walker, who's just going to take off on their teammates and say, peace, I got an NFL career to think about. It's true. But, so, you know, Leonard Fournette could have well, done that. Well, I just think we've got now, since because Fournette has had an injury with the season, we have mm-hmm. how many months until the draft? Six? Five? We, we, uh, we've got yeah. six months to fill of people offering six. the takes of Leonard Fournette should he have sat out the 26th. Of course. I mean, it's going to be one. Of course. All the armchair quarterbacking about Leonard Fournette. How badly did he hurt his draft stock? I don't think he did because, you know what, when he has played, he's right, been awesome. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's a, and it's a problem, too, that it's a problem, too, that with a month of rest is going to be fine. It's just he, you can't get that month of rest in the season, especially when you're a competitor right. and you want to play. Exactly. And, and he's going to, you know, he's going to leave school. He's going to be in some, uh, you know, very intense workout program, but, you know, and he's going to have to do that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, he can afford to take, you know, he's put enough on film that he's not going to have to do anything at the, at the combine. He'll he'll sit out the combine, have a private workout, call it good. Right. Uh, So, so he'll be, he'll be fine. Along the lines of staying in the South, um, multiple reports, um, suggesting, I think suggesting is the right word to, for this. At, at linking, it seems like Chad Morris, the SMU coach, is, oh, the, is the favorite is the favorite for the Baylor job. What do you think about, yeah. is that a good move by Baylor? Or do you think Baylor mm. could have could have gone in a, in a much more prestigious <sighs> direction in the sense of not getting a guy from SMU? The... <laughs> In a sense of not well, getting I mean, a guy from SMU. <laughs> in a sense of getting a guy from a program that wins. I mean, Chad Morris has done a heck of a job at SMU. Don't get me wrong. but And Chad Morris is a Texas guy. I think he's somebody that, you know, Baylor hires and they hope he's there long term. Um, I'm not arguing against the hire by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just wondering, does the fact that Chad Morris has emerged as the public favorite for this job really speak to the level of institutional dysfunction at Baylor? I think Mac Rhodes, the AD at Baylor, I mean, I think he put it straight out there. Like, it's hard to find somebody for this job. Um, There's such a huge stigma, and, and and it's institutional. It's not just within the football program. If it was just in the football program, you were like, yeah, I'm a new coach. I'm going to clean out in, you know, clean out the house and bring in my own people. Boom. They're we're not, there's no problem anymore because these are my guys. But it's institutional. That's way more difficult to deal yeah. with than, than just, and then there's a, there's a public perception of it as well, a very negative public perception. So it's a, it is a challenging job. I think once they started putting feelers out and, cut, and got rejected, which you know they did, they probably put, they, I bet you they put a feeler out to Les. I bet you they put a feeler out to Herman and, and, uh, and a handful of other coaches. Um, big name coaches that they're like, hey, we're a big name program now. We could get one of these guys. I bet you they put these feelers out, and they were, you know, rebuffed. And they said, well, okay, what can we do to? It's kind of the same thing with the Grobe hire. You hired Grobe because he was a corporate guy. He was available. You know, he. It, that was number one. <laughs> that. 
That was number one. He was available. And two, he was a corporate guy. He was going to tow your corporate line. He was going to say whatever you asked him to say. He was never going to talk bad about the program. He was never going to put the program in any sort of jeopardy in any way. It didn't, it, it wasn't necessarily about the wins. I mean, when they started winning, hey, yay, great. When they started losing, eh, well, all right. You know, we're getting a new coach anyway. I guess it doesn't really matter. This was probably going to be a lost season for Baylor anyway. Right. Um, so, you know, Grobe was there as just a transitional, he smiles and he's happy and people like him. And, you know, when he gets his, you know, when he doesn't put his foot in his mouth, you know, he's, he's pretty, you know, he's the pretty much the face that you want for your program. So now you flash forward, that worked out okay for you from a public perception standpoint. So who else can we get that seems to be an up and comer? but also can put that smiley, happy, we're all doing things the right way, you know, tough love type guy. And maybe Chad Morris is that guy. I mean, we don't do enough with SMU to know what kind of challenges he encountered there. Obviously, he didn't encounter anything like Baylor has. Um, but, you know, there's de- there was definitely a culture change that he had to make there. And we've seen some kind of fun stuff that they've done to do that. And there's going to have to be a culture change at Baylor, just not the same kind of culture change. So I don't know if Chad Morris has some sort of gift for this. Um, You know, Mac Rhodes is the same guy who hired uh, Tom Herman. He's the same guy who, uh, you know, unfortunately hired Barry Odom, who may be out of a job at Missouri. No. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, when you're when you're paying uh, when you're paying tutors or you're we encouraging don't, we tutors also, to we take. We also don't know when that actually when that. I mean, I think a lot of we don't even know that it happened. I mean, we we're getting. I don't have any reason to not believe this woman, but well, right. I'm know, saying we don't whatever. know the, the time frame, and you know, well, and it's it, true. It could be ge- Gare Bears. It could be Gare well, Bears. And also, kids too, as are, Brian Kelly noted on Tuesday, eighty percent of college football programs cheat. Well, all right. Well, we've got I mean, that blanket that, that statement was, out there. It was so funny. You know, you talk about this Notre Dame academic fraud thing, and Notre Dame trying to be the trying to be Notre Dame for lack of a better term, um, saying, "Well, everybody else does it, so why can't we?" It was like, "Wait a second. I don't know. I just I have a problem with it. I'm not gonna. That feels like beating a dead horse. It just Notre Dame trying to absolve themselves of responsibility here and saying, "Well, it was the kids that did it." It just it. It rubs me the wrong way, given the things that Notre Dame attempts to stand for. Yeah, I, I do not Because disagree. Brian Kelly is the first disagree. one to profit off of his players' success on the field. So when somebody fails off the field, you can't simply just say, hey, it ain't my fault. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally agree. You know, it's always struck me as weird, and maybe, maybe uh, you know, uh, maybe it's just me. It's always struck me as strange that uh, these football players can learn some of these really complex schemes, complex play calls, complex College schemes. College ain't that hard. Um, any, 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 any athlete. Let's say any any athlete with a with a sport that has something complex. You know, basketball, baseball, football. Um, you know, has these very complex things that you have to memorize and learn, and you have to be able to read defenses and stuff like that. Stuff that that you know is pretty pretty hard to do yet can't take a freaking test <laughs> can't take a, a remedial college test on i think own. also too what i you what know i found most interesting about the notre dame thing is notre dame said well we acted appropriately we did everything as soon as we found out something 
we we took action. Okay, and this was in oh, this was you, in 2014. Man. Congrats. The NCAA investigation right. found that the first um, noted that the first incident of the, with the student trainer happened in 2011. <laughs> That's two and a half years. <laughs> Well, I mean, but you guys didn't know about it. But they it. didn't know about but, it for two I mean, and a half years. We, yeah. so, so then you, right, right, what is right. that term, lack of institutional control? Not that I'm yeah. saying their name deserves the, the term, the ap application of the term. I'm just saying, saying, well, we did it as soon as we found out. Yeah, but yeah, it was going on since 2011 and you found out in 2014. I mean, that raises at least a couple questions. Definitely. But you could find that anywhere. Without a doubt, like, anywhere. It's... That's the same thing that Baylor tried to pull. You know, oh, well, this has been going on since, you know, 2000 and whatever, 11. And, oh, yeah, we're just talking about it now here in 2015. Right. And it was like, what? You know, like, what? What What do you mean? You know, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it, to think that these schools don't know what's going on right under the, their noses. We know coaches, coaches like to have plausible deniability. That's why way back when, and probably still today, a lot of coaches had bad men. You don't want to know what's going on, but you need stuff to get done. Right. You know, you, you, you don't want to know how it gets done. You just know that it needs to get done. So you assign somebody to make sure that it gets done. Um, so that the head coach has plausible deniability and some other, you know, youngin can take the fall and ruin his career. You know, you're worth millions. That guy's probably worth like $100,000. Let him go ruin his career. And so it, it's just, it's a systematic thing. <laughs> To use to use some NCAA jargon, it's 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 a systematic thing that, you know, when they say, oh well, everybody else is cheating, why can't we? That's maybe the problem, uh, you know. I don't know. I could just go on and on and on about this. I could just rail about this forever. But yes, again, back to what I said. It, it, it's unbelievable to me. You can't take a, a remedial English class and take a test and read a book. But yet you can pour through these very complex schemes and read these complex defenses. It's just, it, it's baffling. It's baffling. Uh, As somebody who went to a school on an academic scholarship but played uh, oh, Division One athletics, humble, it's baffling. Humble it's baffling. Humble no, I, I, you know, I met many dumb athletes in my time at Missouri. Again, that's many. another humble brag. Oh, I'm not dumb. That's true. I'm not dumb. That's I'll, not, I'll, that's I'll brag not about that. <laughs> is that a humble brag or is that just like I'm not no, dumb? No, no, no. You were you were humble bragging by by. I'm humble bragging that I'm not. I'm not. I was a dumb then, athlete. Yes, yes, I am humble bragging that I was not a dumb went, athlete. That a I enjoyed brag, school. It went from a humble brag to a brag when you said, "Well, I'm not dumb." Well, I'm not dumb. Just saying. I liked school. I enjoyed learning. All right. I you know and I pass these things on to my children. I. We love school. School is fun. School is awesome. Yeah, they're also impressionable right know. now. <laughs> well, no, my, my, my oldest son wrote on his uh, his homework or his day work, whatever they call it when, you know, he's in freaking kindergarten. I don't know what they call it. Um, I don't like school. But it was funny because he spelled it I-D-O-T-L-I-K-S-K-O-O-L. And and I said I said well by the looks of that you need school yeah sorry so, buddy there sorry, you go thanks. Bing zing one for the sorry, parent thanks. there you go all right let's do some picks let's, let's do you're not some done by making picks. Smart picks that's right and uh, I don't think I made some smart picks last week but um, I'm gonna try and make up for that today I am um, but I'm gonna have you go right, first. I'm gonna say I'm gonna. <laughs> 
be brave and say Kansas covers the 27 at Kansas State. Kansas? Coming off. Wow. Coming off the, the they win one game and all of a sudden. I think 27 <laughs> They're covering point. points, I think Brad. Kansas State controls this game from beginning to end, but I'm not sure Kansas State is 27 points better than Kansas. I, I'm just, I'm in awe of you picking Kansas. I'm, I'm trying to jinx them here. Um, wow. I, okay. You have anything else? You know what? I want to take West Virginia because they're only a seven-point favorite at Iowa State. But I have a feeling... But Iowa State's better than you think they are. Right. Iowa State's better than you think they are, and West Virginia has nothing to play for. Right. So that's that's tricky. I'm, I'm staying away. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take San Jose State minus three at one in ten for Fresno State. Very nice. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump on the We Love Charlie bandwagon. Ooh, here. TCU. I'm gonna, You're gonna take. Say TCU I'm gonna, goes no, down? no. I'm gonna say Texas. Yeah, I'm gonna say Texas beats them by more than three. Oh, poor Gary. The, the line is three. I'm. I'm gonna say. Well, it's at Texas, so Gary can't complain that it's my worst home defeated. Blah blah blah. Whatever, Gary. Well, we're looking. Texas. Either way, we're now looking. Texas loss. Seriously, Texas loss means that the Big Twelve could only have six teams go bowling. Which I I don't even know like how far has your conference that okay um, that the worst thing that ever happened to the Big Twelve was expansion and them not getting on board the expansion train when they needed to not recognizing their their conference was falling apart ride that train that's why didn't you um, not recognizing it, running down BB out of town not listening to BB BB knew this was happening. You ran him out of town, did. and this is what you get. This is what you get. So, I like Texas, minus three. I also like... Eh, I like I like Arizona I State, minus know. two and a half. That Arizona team is just big bad. I, I kind of like Penn State, 12 and a half, because they do have something to they play do. for. And they have to show people and, that they're good. I mean, they have to show people they're great. Right. Right. And Michigan State, you know, had a close game last week, probably should have one maybe i don't know uh you know against ohio state so you know if you're penn state you know maybe you you know put it on michigan state and you know a lot of teams have put it on michigan state this year so that wouldn't be like a a huge accomplishment but coming off of that close ohio state michigan state game penn state making a statement when there would probably go a long way for them so I, I, I like so those are my two games. I like Texas minus three against TCU and Penn State minus twelve and a half against Michigan State. Ooh, all right. Let's do it. This is good times. This is good times. And we wish all of you a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your prime rib if you get some. Enjoy your mashed potatoes. I like mine garlic. Enjoy your beer. Do you, do, you, do you have a preference on your You know what? I, I like do garlic. not eat mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. I mean, it's there. What? It's there. I just don't. Is this a dietary no, thing? I'm, like you okay, are I'm, watching I'm your not, weight? I'm not a big mash. Your girlish I'm not figure. I'm a big mash person. <laughs> what? No. It's like my give me, part. give me the. I want turkey. I want dressing. I want good rolls. There's a lot of. There's my carbs right there. I want some veggies, and then I want <laughs> saving room for cracker pie and pumpkin. Cracker pie. That's right. We, we haven't talked about cracker pie. Maybe we're going to have to revisit cracker pie next we'll talk week. talk about cracker pie next week. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, my only caveat for, because what we do is I make the meat and the potatoes because I'm very particular about my mashed potatoes. Um, but then we have everybody else bring something. And my only, my only thing that I will not allow anybody to walk into my house with is a creamed vegetable because what the hell is the point? Yeah, um, yeah. Seriously, people. What the hell is the point? If you put cream and butter and all that stuff on your vegetables, what is the point? That it's not a vegetable anymore. It's not. Don't let anybody tell you different. All right, that's going to do it for us here with the Dr. Saturday podcast. As always, find us on iTunes by going in your search bar and looking up Dr. Saturday. We've got a great slate of games this week. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to have our championship mashups, and we'll be here next week to talk all about them. Thanks for joining us, and go team.